As we talked about last week, the term self-love is very popular in our society, and the real meaning of it is not what the world has sugarcoated it to be. We looked at the false teachings of loving yourself and how they are really nothing more than scripture that has been taken out of context, as the enemy often does to try to get us to believe his lies. And that's exactly what self-love is. It's a lie from the enemy predicted by God thousands of years ago. As we continue our chat today about self-love, we're going to take a look at the dangers of it, how practicing self-love affects our marriages, and the kind of love that we should have towards one another. Let's get started. Welcome to the Faith Lived Out podcast. Are you wanting a loving Christian marriage but are unsure what that looks like or how to get it? Do you have fears about becoming a submissive wife, afraid that you'll lose your identity or become a doormat? Do you have thoughts that maybe you're doing this whole wife and marriage thing all wrong and you want to know how to do it right, to stop worrying all the time and to learn how to truly put your faith and trust in the Lord? Hey girl, I'm Nancy Adamson wife, mom, and Grammy to seven sweet babies, Christian mentor, Bible teacher, speaker, and women's ministry leader. I see you and I get you because I've been there, and I'm here to share with you what God has taught me on how to have a loving biblical marriage and what the true meaning of being a submissive wife really looks like. We'll also chat about how to find wisdom and truth for life's challenging questions in His Word, how to apply God's truth to our lives, and to put the cares and concerns that are on your heart safely in the Father's hands. So if you're ready to learn how to live out your faith every day and follow the amazing plan that God has for your marriage, grab your coffee, pull up a chair next to mine, and let's get started. Before we get started today, I want to give you an update on our 10,000 download giveaway. We are at 9,829 downloads, so we are very close, less than 200 to go before we reach that 10,000 mark. Yahoo! And when we do that, then I'm going to be giving away some prizes. They will be one, a $50 gift card for Amazon the Chronological Study Bible, the one that I've talked to you about before that I like so much, the Acts Prayer Journal, that is also a very popular journal, and then also the Praying God's Promises Journal is the last one that we're going to give away. So those are the prizes. All that you need to do to win is when we hit that 10,000 mark, there's going to be a special post on the Faith Lived Out Community Facebook page. You do need to be a part of that community in order to be able to win. So you're going to want to make sure that you are a part of that if you're not already. And then when that happens, you need to like and comment on that post. And then you are entered to win one of those prizes. Since we have less than 200 downloads to go, I would imagine that this is going to happen within the next two days. So be watching for it. Okay? All right, let's get started. In the last episode, we looked at the true definition of self-love and found that it is actually a synonym 
to selfishness, meaning that no matter how good the world tries to make it sound, they are really one in the same, both requiring us to put our own concerns and our own desires before others. We also looked at the false teachings on the subject and how those who say that self-love is biblical, that they are really just taking scripture out of context to try to make it fit what they want to believe. Sadly, there are those who have had feelings of low self-worth and self-esteem because of the negative effect that others have had on them, on their hearts and their minds. However, we now know that our identity and our self-worth comes from who we are in Christ, that we are not only loved, but fearfully and wonderfully made by the Father. We also saw that self-love is a lie from the enemy that God predicted thousands of years ago and that it is a sin. If you haven't listened to episode 49, which is part one of this two-part series, then I highly recommend that you go back right now and go listen to it. Just hit the pause button and go and listen to episode number 49, which is the first part of this series, and then come right back here and pick up where you left off. It really is the basis for what we're going to be talking about today. Because self-love is not truly from God, there are dangers to practicing self-love in the same way that there are dangers and consequences with any other sin that we choose to participate in. So one of the dangers is that it distracts us from God. The world teaches self-love because the world is Satan's domain, and this is from him, not from God. He does this to get you to turn your attention away from God and put it on yourself instead. In James 3, 13 through 16, we read, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Do you not listen to that and just kind of go, wow, like, ouch. Self-love is nothing more than a distraction technique given to us by the enemy because if we're busy focusing on our attention on ourselves, then we're not focusing it on God. We're not focusing it on his purpose and his plan for our lives. And we're not focusing on the people in our lives that he wants us to bless and to share the gospel with or to maybe minister to in some way. And listen again to what it says. Where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Buying into the lie of self-love brings confusion and every evil thing. It is inviting the enemy into your home and into your marriage to cause up strife and chaos. And it absolutely does this. There is no good that comes out of this. And actually, thinking about ourselves leads to discontentment, anxiety, and depression, either in your marriage or in your life in general. So first, let's look at how it leads to discontentment. When we focus on ourselves, we tend to compare ourselves or our lives or maybe our marriages to someone else's. This causes us to be envious of others and leads us to discontentment in our lives because there's always going to be someone. 
that one person or that one family that just seems to have it a little bit better than you do or seems to have what you don't have and want. There's always that wife that seems to be a little bit prettier or maybe a little smarter or appears to have it all together. Or maybe it's your neighbor's life that just seems to be a little bit easier or more exciting or that couple that seems to have the loving, happy marriage that you hoped that your marriage would be. And I say that it seems and appears because we're on the outside looking in at their best selves. And we have no way of knowing what is going on behind the scenes. My husband recently told this story and it was about him and my daughter. And this happened years ago. But so we have a fifth wheel and we have quads. And at the time we had dirt bikes and we had, they had them all out onto the, the front driveway and the front lawn because they were washing them all right? And they're, so they're washing the RV, they're washing the quads, the dirt bikes and such. And a man drives by and he stops and he rolls down his window and he shouts to my husband, I want to be you. And what the man didn't know, because all he saw was the stuff, right? And it's like, Ooh, I want to have all that stuff. But what he didn't know is that my husband and my daughter were out front and they were washing all that stuff because we were looking to sell it so that we could pay our mortgage payment. He does not want to be us, but he thought he did because of what he saw on the outside looking in. What we need to remember is that God has a perfect plan for our lives, and it is different from anyone else's that is around you. When you focus on God and receive the joy and the blessings that come with following Him and His will for your life, what everyone else has and what everyone else is doing really doesn't matter. Because God is filling your heart with the joy and the peace of what he wants you to do for him. The second thing that focusing ourselves on leads to is anxiety. And thinking about ourselves leads us to worry about the uncertainties in our lives. The what ifs or what if this happens or how do I make sure that I get what I want or that I have things happen the way that I think that they should It brings us anxiety and worry about our finances in, will I have the income to have the kind of lifestyle that I I desire to have or that I feel that I deserve? We begin to think, hey, what about me? Who's thinking about me? We become concerned about making sure that we are being treated fairly and not being taken advantage of either at work or at home, that we're not carrying more of our fair share of the workload. Focusing on ourselves causes us to distrust our husbands and worry about what their actions may be doing and are they having a negative effect on me in some way, such as how are they handling the finances and are their actions going to hurt my credit or put both of us into debt? Do I need to be looking over his shoulder to see what he's doing, protecting myself by having a separate account or separate credit cards? See, that's what all of this overthinking about ourselves and what's going on leads to when what we should be doing is reading chapter six of Matthew, which we are instructed there not to worry about our life because God is our provider. And it's Matthew 6, 25 and 26. And it says, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. 
Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? See, your heavenly Father knows what your needs are. You don't need to be worrying about them. You don't need to be making sure, oh, am I going to get what I want? Because your heavenly Father knows what you need and will take care of those things. And I want to share with you this promise as well. In Philippians 4, 6, and 7, it tells us, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. As we take our focus off of ourselves and rightly place our hearts and our minds on Jesus, as we lay out our concerns at his feet, He gives us his peace, which surpasses all understanding. We're no longer worried about our finances, no longer concerned that we may be required to put more effort in than someone else does. Instead, we have peace and joy because we are trusting in the Father and that he will work all things out for our good and his glory. The last thing that self-love leads to is depression. And honestly, ladies, how could it not? If we're focused on what we want and how we want life to be and how we want others to treat us, then we can't help but become depressed because this isn't what life is. This isn't reality. Things are not going to go our way 100% of the time. They won't even go our way 50% of the time. Life has challenges, trials, and difficulties which God uses to cause us to come to Him and to learn to become more like Jesus. This world is full of sinful people and we're going to get hurt by them. We're going to be disappointed and maybe even be used at times. And you know what? Sometimes we're going to do the same to someone else because we're fallen too. This It's what it is to live in the fallen world that we live in. Which is why Jesus teaches us in Ephesians 4.32, And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Because that's exactly what we need to do. We need to forgive other people for disappointing us, for hurting us, for whatever happens, because that's what God did for us. The people in our lives are never going to do everything our way, and we shouldn't expect them to. Not because they don't care about us or because they don't love us, but just because they have their own views and ideas about life, and they do things a little bit differently, and they do things on their own. We were never meant to all be the same, and to all live up to everybody else's expectations. It would be exhausting and impossible to do this. Wanting life to always go the way that we think it should, whatever is best for us personally, and expecting others to always live up to our expectations, to fulfill our wants and needs, will only lead us to depression and despair, because this simply isn't reality. It is impossible for us to always meet everyone else's needs or to live up to their expectations, so we shouldn't be expecting it from anyone else, not even our husbands. Which leads us to my next point, which is, you know, how does self-love affect your marriage? 
And we've already talked about how focusing on ourselves can bring discontentment in our marriages as we compare our marriages to someone else's or distrust when we worry about how our husband's actions may affect us, how it can lead to depression as we focus on ourselves and feel that our husband or that our marriage doesn't quite meet all of our wants and desires and what we think that we deserve in this life. But it also brings confusion and the enemy into our marriages. Like I read earlier from James, but if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but it is earthly, sensual, demonic, for where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. So stop and think about this. I mean, really think about it for a minute in the context of your marriage. If we are looking to have our own way, to make sure that our own needs are met or that our husband treats us in a certain way, maybe to be more romantic and bringing us flowers or gifts or to say nice things about us, or if it's to show ourselves self-love by making sure that things are fair and that we're not taking advantage of, that we are you know, comparing how much work we do around the house or in raising the kids as to how much we see our husband doing and to make sure that it's equal. When we say no to helping our husbands or to meeting their needs in some way, because we want to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves and our own desires. This is what envy and self-seeking in our marriages looks like. And we are bringing confusion and the enemy into our marriages and into our homes when we do this. This is what this scripture is telling us. The enemy is always looking for a way in to cause disruption and chaos and to distract us either from your husband or from God. We already determined last week that God teaches us that self-love is a sin. And James is telling us here that it is earthly, sensual, and demonic. Therefore, as wives, if we are practicing self-love, then we are the ones who are inviting the enemy into our homes, into our marriages, and causing division, anxiety, and mistrust in our relationship. Now, before you get too upset about the thought about, oh my goodness, have I been inviting the enemy into my home by my actions, let me read to you what it says in James 3. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. God's wisdom is first pure, peaceable, and gentle. When we are submissive wives, willing to yield to our husbands, full of mercy without partiality or or hypocrisy, then God brings wisdom and peace to our homes and in our marriage relationship. If we have been led astray by this lie, and I know many of us have been led astray by this lie, God can help us to turn things around to heal any damage that may have been done. And we will go over how to do all of this in just a few minutes. But right now, there's one more point that I want to make and how self-love can affect your marriage. And that is, you know, we're to be one flesh with our husbands not individuals, each fighting for what they want for themselves. In more than a few episodes, I have referred to Genesis 2.24, where God first tells us 
Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Meaning that we are not to consider ourselves to be individuals in our marriage, each fighting for what is best for themselves, but we are to be one flesh, working together, each putting the other before themselves. In the same way that self-love and putting others before yourself are opposites and that you can't do both. The same holds true for self-love and being one flesh with your husband. You can't be submissive and respectful and be all that God has called you to be if you are loving yourself by putting your needs before your spouse's. We've talked a lot about what not to do in love. And scripture tells us that we are to put off those old things, those things that we're not supposed to do. And when we put off those old things, then we're to put on the new things. Each time we remove a sin or a bad habit from our lives, we must replace it with godly character. So then how are we to love? We are to love others as Jesus loves us. Jesus himself tells us this in John 15, 12, and 13. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. And then in Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, it says, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Both of these verses give us clear instruction to love others in the same manner that Jesus loves us. You know, thinking about this reminds me of the WWJD bracelet that I had many, many years ago. And, you know, if we're struggling with how to love others, we only need to look at Jesus and his example for how to show true love. So then this begs the question, how does Jesus love us? Well, first, he has a sacrificial love for us. In 1 John 3.16, it says, By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Jesus not only set aside his deity to, and became a man, or as scripture says, a bondservant, but he willingly sacrificed himself on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin. This is the kind of sacrificial love that Christ has for us, and it's the kind of love that we should have for others, that we will be willing to set aside our own needs, our own wants, and whatever it is that we need to take care of, even maybe for that day, to put the needs of somebody else before us, to help them out, to be with them, especially when it comes to our husbands and to our children, because they are our first line of ministry in this life. And so to love them sacrificially into putting them before ourselves. We are also to love in deed and truth. Jesus's love for us is not just a, oh, hey, yeah, I love you, but he loves us in deed and truth. There is action behind his love for us. We see this in not only his sacrificial love for us, but that he came to be an example of truth. While Jesus was here, he did miracles to heal the sick, to bring sight to the blind. And because of his compassion for his followers, he fed those who were hungry. We are told to do the same, to not just love in word, but in deed and truth. 
In 1 John 3, 17 and 18, it says, But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and truth. We show Christ's love by actively meeting the needs of others. When we see someone in need, we don't just say, oh, I'll pray for you. But we find if there is possibly a way that we can come alongside of them and help them out, maybe to give to them generously in the way that God has given to us, or to meet a person's need, to meet with them in prayer and to offer them comfort and guidance, or to maybe take some time out of our day to take someone to a doctor's appointment or to care for their children while they're not feeling well. Are we actively loving our husbands by looking for ways that we can be a helpmate to them? Can you lighten his load in any way by maybe taking care of some of the household chores or by running some errands for him? Can you help him with his work? Maybe preparing for, you know, maybe he coaches a sports team or something like that, or maybe teaches a class and you can help him to prepare those things. As his wife, are you loving him in word and deed by doing all that you can to become the submissive wife who respects her husband, who is God has called you to be? Are we loving and caring for others by sharing the truth of the gospel with them whenever the opportunity may arise in the same way that someone shared it with us at one point and loved us enough to do so? Christ loves us not only sacrificially and dying on the cross for our sins so many years ago, but every day in deed and truth by teaching us the true word of God and by actively working in our lives. There are so many more aspects of Christ's love and his forgiveness for us and his perfect plan for our lives and that the fact that his mercies for us are new every morning and many other things that we don't have time to go over today. However, we would do well to start with these two things, to love sacrificially as Jesus loves us and in deed and truth. If you see now that you have been led astray by this lie to love yourself, please don't lose hope. God has brought you here today to this very place to make changes in your life. This is all a part of the Holy Spirit working in you to make you more like Christ. So don't let the enemy like condemn you and make you feel terrible. You know, this is part of the Holy Spirit's teaching and how we become a new creation in Christ. So go to the Lord in prayer. Just repent and ask for his forgiveness for your selfishness. And, you know, he is faithful to forgive. He is faithful to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And just believe in that because it's true. Then consider going maybe to your husband, to your kids, maybe to family members or whoever you feel that you may have been selfish towards and ask for their forgiveness as well. And I know that this is difficult, but trust me, it will go a long way in making changes in your heart, in your relationships with others, and it pushes the enemy away and out of your life when you do this. As we talked about before, we need to put off the old and put on the new. So ask for the Holy Spirit to help you in this. We can't do this on our own. We can't do it in our own strength or through our own sheer determination. 
Ask the Holy Spirit to show you the areas where you are being selfish and to guide you to have a different mindset about this and to love others with the same sacrificial, generous love that Christ loves you with. These changes are not going to happen overnight, ladies. You're going to mess up. There's going to be, you know, times that things go well and there's going to be times that things go bad. Just stick it out, keep going, keep praying, ask for the Holy Spirit to help you. He will do that. That is a part of what what he does. If you don't understand how the Holy Spirit works in your life, there is a couple a couple of episodes ago, I think number 48, um, it is all about how the Holy Spirit works in us and to renew our minds and to transform us. So go and have a listen to that if you are struggling with this, because we do need the Holy Spirit in order to change. Ladies, it all comes down to this, Luke 16, 13, where it tells us, no servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. In the same way that we can't serve God and money, we also can't serve ourselves and God. When it comes right down to it, at some point, one point or another, you're going to have to make a choice to either love yourself and put yourself before others, including God, or to love God and to put others before yourself. It is impossible to do both. Next week, we're going to be chatting about what it is to be thankful in honor of the holiday. But after that, I'm going to be doing an episode on denying self, which kind of goes along with what I've been sharing on self-love. And I know that the subject of denying ourselves does not sound like something that we really want to hear about it. But you know what, ladies, there are actually some very comforting truths about denying ourselves and putting Christ first. And I just want to share those with you. And I want you to know that this is coming up so that you can be looking forward to it because you don't want to miss it. Until next time, have a blessed day. Thank you so much for listening today. I pray that God has used this episode to bless and inspire you to live out your faith in Him. If it has, please do me a huge favor by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. This is the only way that I know if you like the show and you will be helping others to find this podcast and be lifted up by the word of God. Is there someone who came to mind while you were listening today and you said, Ooh, she needs to hear this. Well then send her the link so she can be encouraged too. Are you in the Dallas area and looking for a fresh new speaker to add excitement to your next luncheon, women's retreat, or other women's event? then drop me a note at nancy at faithlivedout.com and let's chat about it. That's nancy, N-A-N-C-I, at faithlivedout.com. I would love to come and meet with you and the ladies in your group. You're also welcome to visit the website at faithlivedout.com for more information, blog posts, journaling ideas, and free printables. Or become a part of our little community of believers by joining the Faith Lived Out community group on Facebook, where you can join together with other faith-led wives and moms just like you. Links to these areas and the scripture references used in today's episode are in the show notes. Ladies, thank you again for listening today, and know that I am praying for God to be with you as you learn to trust in Him more and to live out your faith every day. 
God bless you and see you on the next episode.